Hello, I'm Tracy Carlton Ward, and this is Sweat, Grit, and Hustle. Great for you to be with us, guys, and I am really, really excited because this is episode one, and I am with the amazing Nick James. Welcome, Nick. Thanks, Tracy, and I'm honoured, but also I feel a certain degree of pressure to be on episode number one of this amazing podcast. Oh, you'll ace it. You will. You'll do great. Um, It was quite funny when I was booking it because I was saying to Shelley, who I was talking to to get Book You in the Diary, I said, "Um, do you think Nick wants to be episode one or shall I wait and let him go like you? Oh, no. Nick's Nick's competitive. (laughs) He wants to be episode one. She knows me well. Yeah. Um, So doing a bit of research as you do when you're actually having a conversation with somebody for a show like this I I noticed that on some of the blurb that is listed for you on on Google and the different internet you've built four separate seven-figure businesses but what's amazing you started that in 2009 and you're now you know, I know you from Expert Empires and Elite Closing Academy. So 2009 is quite a while ago. That's 13 years. Yeah. Which I'm getting I know, on. I'm getting on. Yeah, basically. right. Yeah, right. Well, I know. That's what I was about to say. What I know from that is that means I'm putting you about mid-20s when you started that. Yeah. So I know what you're doing now with Expert Empires and helping people develop their expertise into businesses but where did it all start back in 2009 yeah i mean first and foremost i mean it it really started before even 2009 um so you know i've been around the personal development um self-improvement world since i was since i was a kid um my mum took me along to a tony robbins seminar um when i was 12 years of age I think you've got one on one of the other episodes, actually. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, people can definitely check that out. It's a bit of a family affair. So, um, yeah, I mean, I got into personal development, self-improvement when I was like 12. And really, that was the start point. I mean, you know, that got me around people who were entrepreneurial, ambitious, in some cases already very successful. And so it, it was kind of obvious to me it normalised for me the idea of making your own way and having your own business from an early age. So, yeah, I mean, I started, um, it was actually 2008, I started the first business, really. And, uh, yeah, which which means I was, uh, what would I have been, 2008, I was like 23. So I was relati- relatively young to be starting a business, um, I suppose. But because I'd been around that kind of entrepreneurial self-development world as a youngster it, it wasn't alien to me to start a business at that age okay that that makes sense now i it was only today i heard this and i didn't know this but i think it's interesting for people out there especially for people that have got kids that are starting to pick up on what they're doing if they're already in business you know you were quite happy at that age to do whatever to actually learn develop because am I right in thinking um, you actually started off doing Mike running for Tony Robbins? Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, I was, uh, you know, uh, when I was like 12 years of age, like I said, my mum took me um, to a, a Tony Robbins seminar in Hawaii and they actually used to run. 
don't think they do it anymore, it's a bit of a shame. They used to run like a kid's version of the, the seminar was called Life Mastery. They kind of ran a kid's version alongside the main version. So you'd sit in some of the main sessions, but not many. But then they would have like a separate kids program running alongside it. Um, and so I went through that um, when I was 12, 13 years of age, which was immensely valuable. And then it was in my later teens that I um, started volunteering, really working um, for Tony Robbins. Um, yeah, my first job was to sit in the room and run microphones in the audience, um, which was cool because, you know, I was at the time I was like 17 years of age, um, you know, young whippersnapper, quite quick on my feet. Um, but it meant that I literally sat through weeks, months, um, between the ages of 17 and 22, those five years, I'm gonna say, I must have sat through 50, 60, 70 days of Tony Robbins' seminar. And I, and I wasn't paying to be there. I wasn't getting paid to be there either, but I'm like, that is, to have actually paid to sit through those seminars and those trainings would have cost probably in excess of a hundred grand. And I got to do it for free because I was working as a micro It's pretty cool. Pretty cool, yeah. And I know I, they don't definitely don't do it alongside Life Mastery now because I think I did my Tony Robbins stuff five years ago yeah. and they weren't doing it then. I know they have a summer-based camp type thing for, for kids, but definitely not with the adults going on. So at some point I know from you know, going through your program and developing my own expert business, at some stage you were involved in copywriting. Yeah. So how did you move from copywriting to what you're doing now? How did that journey take place? I know there's going to be some people listening that maybe are doing a business or they're working a job they, they don't enjoy and they want to move to something they do. Mm. So... Well, I think, I think what's probably worth discussing briefly first is like, what was the logic behind starting the copywriting business? Because that was actually the first business. I had a couple of failed attempts, as most people do. Um, but the first one that really got any traction and success was my copywriting business, where, where I, I established myself as the guy for writing email campaigns and sales letters and creating marketing materials for people that had NLP, neuro-linguistic programming or life coaching or hypnotherapy businesses. Um, the reason I went that route, having you know grown up, if you like, on the Tony Robbins seminar circuit and, uh, and, and then actually worked in sales and marketing for an NLP training company. So I developed skills in the marketing arena. And so I set that business thinking, I've got a skill set that most people who start a business do not have, i.e. I've got the ability to write copy. Um, and so that specialist positioning at the start attracted a lot of attention. I also already knew loads of NLPers and coaches and hypnotherapists. So I already had, you know, a, uh, you know, a list of contacts who were potential clients or at least new people who would become potential clients. Um, so that was the reason I went into that. So I niched, specialised to start with, 
and then as time went on became more of a generalist so you know I, I, I moved from writing copy for clients essentially selling time for money to teaching people in small workshops how to write copy for their businesses then it became clear that when people had learned how to write copy for their own businesses, they also needed to learn about marketing in general. So I started to do seminars and workshops and masterminds that were more generic marketing based. Um, and today, of course, you know, we have various different mastermind programs and workshops and events we run on sales, on marketing, on um, business growth and scale in general. But if I'd have started doing that in 2008, I don't think I'd have got any traction. I got the traction because I was a specialist in 2008. So the advice that I generally give is when you start a business from scratch, specialize at the start, niche at the start, and then de-specialize, de-niche in order to grow and scale. Brilliant, that's fantastic advice for them. And you know, we're, we're speaking right now, um, what, we're, we're about to hit August. Mm -hmm. You're a month away from having your first live event after what two years Nearly of two online years, yeah so you know what's what's the what's the thing you're looking forward to most about that event yeah i mean so many things i've missed it so much i, I was sharing earlier uh, tracy in in our mastermind today that like i honestly got to the point early 2021 where Things were going pretty well, but I got a bit bored and a bit stale because I'd missed the thing I love most and the thing I've always loved most, running the big, large-scale, in-person events. And I'd not done it for so long, I'd, I'd missed it. So um, so we actually ran a, a large virtual event called Expert Empires Global in April, which was amazing. And... You know, it was still me in a studio with no actual audience there in, in the flesh. Um, I'm so looking forward to it. And, and funnily enough, I was sharing this with one of our clients earlier today. There's a little bit of me that's kind of nervous because I'm, I'm going, I might be a bit rusty when it comes to speaking in front of large groups, even though I've done it for many, many years. Like, I haven't done it for now nearly two years. So, um, yeah, I don't know how that's going to go, but... It's, it's the, the same part of me that's a little bit nervous because I'm kind of out of practice that also is really excited. And for me, it's not just the sharing the message with hundreds of people in a, a room. It's everything that happens out, outside of that. So for me, the, honestly, the, the part of the events that I love most are the dinners and the lunches and the drinks receptions and the connecting with people. You know, there are people that I have not actually seen face to face for over two years who are like, these people have been to so many of our events, I know them so well. And it's gonna be really great to just reconnect with, with them. And also to, what I love about what we've created with Expert Empires is really we've created an environment, a, a, a platform a place for people to meet and connect and form partnerships and share wisdom and expertise and uh, and, and you know that that for me is what I'm most excited about. Yeah. And of course, incredibly excited <laughs> because a certain Tracy Carlton Ward 
will be gracing the Expert Empire stage and speaking for the first time ever at one of our events. Yeah, that's that's going to be amazing. But a bit like you, a bit nervous. And I mean, it's a long, what, nearly two years now since I've been on a large stage. So yeah, but I know listening to one of your other podcasts um, and you were doing a podcast to somebody else around the fear of flying. But And I remember you saying though that when... When you feel nervous, this is a great tip, guys, for those of you that are also thinking about doing speaking or you've got to do a bit of public speaking, whether online or offline. When you feel nervous, as Nick said in this podcast, it's all about the meaning or the label you give that feeling. So it can either mean you're scared shitless or you're ready. Which one is it for you, Nick? Yeah, I mean... uh I think, and I'm not a, um, a scientist or a biologist, but um, what I understand is that the, 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 chemical, the chemicals that get fired off in your body when you're nervous are very, very similar, almost the same as the chemicals that get fired off in your body when you're excited. And so essentially it's the same thing. The difference is the meaning that we give to that sensation, that feeling inside. So um, I always remind myself whenever I'm feeling nervous um, or or anything like that, I I always remind myself of that fact and go, hey, this is just excitement. This is just just you preparing to give your best. So, you know, the day that I don't feel that nervous excitement when I walk on stage, is the day where I've probably lost my edge a little bit. Um, so I, I embrace that feeling and enjoy it. And of course, you know, the more speaking you do and um, the more use, the more you get used to being in front of audiences, you know, the, the less uh, that feeling tends to be significant. Um, so, you know, I don't get nervous now when I speak in front of a group of 30 or 40 or 50 people, but certainly when it's 500 to 1,000 and I haven't done it for a couple of years, um, there's going to be some nervous excitement, which I'm, I'm, I'm all good with. Yeah, that that's that is brilliant. I must admit, I am. It, there's an element not of nervousness about, but the fact that you're going on a stage that somebody like Ed Milet's going to be speaking on later. So yeah, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm not sharing the stage with this guy. And some people say, oh, I've shared the stage with so and so, which they probably have. But what a lot of people really mean, guys, is they've been at the same event speaking, but potentially not on the stage at the same time and I'm certainly not doing that I don't think I'm on the stage with Ad Milet but anyway that brings me on to one of my next questions for you um and I will say before I ask it actually because being sometimes the the way I am the one thing I wanted to share with everybody is when you get an opportunity to do something like a mastermind so Nick's is a mastermind around expert to empire building Um, As some of you know, I do masterminds around property. But the one thing I got out of the mastermind when I joined yours, Nick, was the fact that you are in a room, not just with people like you and Nikki and Tony V, Matt Elwell, but the actual other participants in the room actually bring as much to the table sometimes, which is brilliant. So if you're on the fence about doing anything like that, Go check it out, guys, because you really do get a lot of value from being with like-minded people who are doing the same as you, maybe in a different industry. So well, go- I think for sure, Tracy, often, you know, starting a business, growing a business can be quite a lonely existence. Um, you know, most of my friends, people that I grew up with, that I'm still friends with now, they, they do not own and run businesses. 
So the reason that I'm part of a couple of masterminds is because it gives me an environment where I'm around people that get it. I'm around some people that have already walked the path and that can guide me. I'm also around people that I'm able to give input, advice to. Um, I'm around people that we can uh, we can form partnerships and, and collaborations together. And I think you know th those things, having people that can advise you, you can advise, people you can collaborate and partner with, that they're, they're, they're so important when it comes to starting, growing, scaling the business and finding an environment where you can tap into that is really, really valuable. Yeah, and I, I actually really love and respect the fact that you are acknowledging that just because you're out there as one of, I mean, at the end of the day, in the expert business, Nick, let's face it, you are, you are one of the main UK coaches in that business, but you are openly admitting that for you, you still go to masterminds, you're still part of other groups, and I know that you are still mentored and coached yourself. And I love the fact that you openly let everybody know that. Well, if I wasn't, I'd be really concerned because how can I speak to you, Tracy, or stand on stage at an event in front of an audience or, or run a webinar or whatever? How can I say to people that investing in a mastermind, my mastermind, is a good idea if I'm not prepared to invest time and money in the concept myself? Yeah. Like, it would make me a fraud. It would make me incongruent with the message. So I, I really believe that um, if you're a, like, I say this all the time, you know, if you're a life coach and you do not, and you want people to invest money with you as a life coach and you do not have a life coach, what are you doing? Like, what are you playing at? It doesn't make any sense to me. You haven't bought into the concept that you're selling. Um, I honestly feel the same with personal trainers. I'm like, I believe if you're a personal trainer, you should have a personal trainer. And you know, the gym that I go to, there's a couple of people who are clients there and they are personal trainers. And you might go, what do they need a PT for? Well, first of all, it demonstrates that they really believe in the concept and the idea. And secondly, it means that they get absolute best results, which means they're in the best shape they can be in, which means they're the advert for their own programs which has to be a good thing yeah I, I definitely agree and love that ethos so going back to the stage stuff because i know i know when you did expert empires global it was all online great great event by the way i sat at home with my paddle boards <laughs> loving every minute of it i mean that event you brought a lot of female speakers to it mm -hmm. Was there a reason for that? Was that planned or designed that way? Or was that just how it happened? Um, no, it was, it was very deliberately designed and planned that way. Um, and there's, there's a, a few reasons. One is that um, I don't think there is enough balance in terms of male and female energy on stage at events, generally speaking, in our industry. Especially when you consider that, when I look at our audience, um, and I was sharing this earlier today, Tracy, with you at our mastermind, when I look at our members, so in the group that we were in today, I think we had 20, 25 people, and probably 60, 65% of the group are female. 
So it doesn't make sense. Knowing that my client base is more than 50% female, why would I host an event where 80% of the speakers are male? Like it doesn't add up, it doesn't make sense. And, um, and I really wanted Expert Empires to be part of the change, part of the solution. I wanted it to be a place where, and I continue to feel this way, I want it to be a place where um, both male and female coaches, consultants, speakers, trainers, authors, aspiring experts can come and learn from people that they aspire to be like. And I think that, you know, so the, the, the decision to have um, a large female representation on stage was absolutely conscious and deliberate um, because the fact is that most of the so-called leaders in our industry are male and that's not going to change unless people like me that create the platform um, and that create the events make a conscious deliberate decision to be part of the change so um, and you know it was uh, the feedback I had was like it's so amazing that you're championing female speakers and, and what I said a lot of the time when, when people said that to me and I talked about it in interviews I was like it's a shame that this is even a conversation point and hopefully the fact that you know hopefully our expert empires events can play a very small part I'm not suggesting that you know we're going to change the industry as a whole but can play a very small part in making it the norm not the exception yeah that'd be brilliant and i know for those of you that weren't maybe on expert empires global because you didn't know about expert empires at the time if you go check out nick's podcast which is empire builders i do know the headline speaker from expert empires global lisa nichols is actually on the podcast on episode 68 and it is definitely worth a listen um, yeah, I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to remembering the numbers. I was going to say, you know my podcast better than I do. I, I, if you'd have asked me, I wouldn't have known it was episode 68. Um, but actually, most of our headline speakers from Expert Empires over the years are featured in various different episodes of the Empire Builders podcast. So people like Lisa Nichols, Marie Forleo, um, Fabian Fred. Fabian's um, on there. Carrie Green. We've had, yeah, we've had some amazing female and male speakers. And uh, most of the headliners have been featured on that podcast at some point. Yeah, that part part of the research, to be honest, is this is episode one, Nick. You know, when it comes to podcasts as part of your multimedia experience, I'm just starting. So I've got to research somewhere. So I've been using a couple of really good podcasts to learn from. Anyway, um, to finish off on the stage bit, you know, you've had the likes of, you know, on stage, you've had Lisa Nichols speaking for you. In September, you've got uh, Lisa Johnson and Ed Myler. Um, amongst the many, you know, um, Fabian Fredrickson. Who's your highlight of all the people that you've had? You can't ask me that. Speaking that's on your stage. To tell you which one of my children is my favourite. No. Um, so, so, so many. I mean, you know, you mentioned a handful there. Um, we've probably had, you know, 15 or 20 top, top draw headline speakers. Um, I'm going to have to say 
the the person that really inspired Expert Empires at the start and the person that headlined the first ever event, which was Gary Vaynerchuk, um, because there's no doubt in my mind that Expert Empires, the business, the brand, the event, would not have become what it has today if it wasn't for the mentorship, the advice that Gary gave me back in 2016. Um, and, you know, the first ever event we ran in May 2017, having him as the headliner was, um, it was a big moment for me personally and professionally because um, everyone who I, um, who I asked for advice about the event, a lot of my peers in the industry told me it was a terrible idea, I shouldn't do it, that it wouldn't work, that it was a flawed model. I was off my head for paying Gary Vaynerchuk the fee that I paid him. Um, and so it, it, was, it was special because first of all, even in spite of the fact that everyone was telling me it was a terrible idea, I followed my own, my own path, my own gut instinct, my own intuition. And so, um, yeah, Gary's slot at that first event, he was the final closing keynote of that event. That was just a really special moment for me. And it was the catalyst for everything that's kind of happened since. Brilliant. And, and yeah, I know it's a bit like asking which one of your children is your favourite, but I did, <laughs> I did use the word highlight purposely because yeah. how, how do you pick, between, you know, when you've got people like Grant Cordone and, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, how do you pick one Goggins, out? Goggins, David Goggins, Goggins was amazing. Yeah. Um, Tom Bilyeu, you know, some, some people who I really admire and respect, great speakers in their own right, said to me that the Tom Bilyeu... Um, keynote was the greatest keynote they'd ever seen I'm like you know it's, it, it's hard it is hard to pick so yeah. yeah Gary but more for what that event represented for me not saying that he's a better speaker than any of no. us necessarily and that's it and that's what it was about it was about the highlight for you not who was sure. the best or your favourite so for somebody starting out in business and let's let's go with the area that you work in right now which is so if there's an expert out there and you've got many experts in your mastermind we've got people that are belly dancers <laughs> we've got fitness instructors golf professional well golf i guess they are golf yeah. pros in terms of training different kind of coaches they're all building a business from an expertise and specialism so for people out there who maybe have a specialism and expertise maybe they're working for somebody else right now rather themselves what guidance and advice would you give them on where to start? I think, first of all, you've got to acknowledge that everyone is an expert. Everyone's an expert at something. Because a lot of people are listening to this and they're going, well, yeah, Tracy, this all sounds great, but I'm not an expert at anything. You are. There is something that you are an expert at, that you have experience, you have knowledge, you have references, in your life, on your journey, that other people don't have. And so there is, I believe, a business, an expert business in everybody, if you want to find it. And the, 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 the simplest piece of advice I would give, first of all, identify what your unique expertise is. And then secondly, um, look at how you can become the specialist, how you can position yourself as the expert. So what you did brilliantly, Tracy, when you know you and I first met, you were, you know we you decided to specialise in coaching, mentoring women who are at the very start of their property journey, 
and wanted to get their first, you know, their first investment property under their belt. Now, there are a lot of people making a lot of noise, teaching a lot of stuff in the prop, you know, become wealthy through property kind of industry. And and you with also some very, I think, smart branding um, with the which property uh, uh, group and, and stuff like that really found a way to stand out in the crowded market. So I think, first of all, acknowledge that we you are an expert at whatever um, you have life experience, you have references, you have success in certain areas. And then secondly, go, how can I stand out? How can I make this different? You know, you mentioned fitness professionals. There's so many personal trainers out there. How can you, as a fitness professional, serve a certain group of people, solve a certain problem, deliver a certain result that's different to anybody else's. And once you've done that, you're in a position to start building your expertise or Brilliant. your expert profile. Brilliant. And yeah, I can't believe it's it's only 16 months ago when I actually first... I didn't... Guys, I hadn't heard of Nick James before that, you know. <laughs> uh, and 16 months ago, I... I basically realised that I needed a different kind of coach and mentor. And that's what I did. I, I took a specialism I had and turned it into a business. Even though I was already a property investor, I, I wanted to go down the route of helping women in property. And it's been an amazing year. We've got people, yeah, at the beginning it was all aimed at people that are just starting. But I've got people in my own mastermind group now that have literally done effectively a million pound of revenue through property in a wow, year. It's amazing. And yeah, in property, it's not all money you get to keep because sure. we leverage a lot of money from the banks. But to literally grow your portfolio by a million pounds worth of, of, of assets is just phenomenal for me. Um, so thanks to some of your teachings and your guidance that I did that. So I've got some quick fire questions to end the podcast. But before I do... Can you tell me, is it really true that you can karaoke the full lyrics to Will Smith's Miami? It, it, who told you that? I can't possibly. In trouble. That's I can't now. possibly tell you where I got that it, from. It might be true that I have in the locker the full lyrics to Will Smith Miami, and um, I stopped. I mean, I stopped drinking alcohol in uh, at the end of 2019 and I have the occasional glass of wine with dinner with my wife now. Um, but you need to get me to have quite a few drinks before you're going to get me anywhere near the microphone for karaoke. And I'll yeah, that's going to be a bit difficult these days because, yeah, I know you have the odd glass of wine and that now, but you, as you said, I'm you did stop drinking. You're a reformed character. So let's go into a few quick fire questions before we end this first episode. Football or golf? Oh, to watch or play? I'm not supposed to ask questions here, am I? Well, you can, but yeah. Watch or play? So do both. Watch. watch. Football. Play. Golf. Golf. Brilliant. And I always love the end of your little sort of tags and that where it says, what is it? Average golfer. Yeah, bang average golfer. Bang average um, golfer, look, that's like, it. I'm trying, but yeah, like given the choice, by far and away, I'd watch football over any other sport by distance, um, but to play golf all day long. Okay, brilliant. In terms of retirement, property or pension? Property. Cool. Any reason why? 
because that's what I'm investing in. <laughs> Fab. So I want to, I, I, if, I, if I didn't believe that to be true, my actions wouldn't be congruent. Congruent, with what I yeah. So um, yeah, certainly um, for me, building property portfolio is my kind of retirement plan, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I get that thoroughly. If you could do one thing to change the world, what would it be? Um, man, so many. I think right now, I just feel like there's so much judgment of like, over the last 18 months, whatever it's been, you know, we've seen such division in the UK politically. We've seen such division between people from different ethnic backgrounds. We've seen currently such division um, when people's opinion, people's opinions when it comes to, you know, vaccines and the rules and how the government have handled the pandemic. It feels like people are just arguing the whole time. Um, and, and I don't think healthy discussion is a bad thing. I think it's okay for people to have their opinion and be respectful of one another's opinions. And I just don't see enough of that. I think people at the moment, and it's sad to see, are, are very divided. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do get that. Um, what's the most important thing? Because, I mean, you, you know, as we've said, you were going to Tony Robbins at the age of 12. You, you started sort of in what I'd call the, the beginnings of the entrepreneur life at 17. So what's the most important thing you've learned about money? Um, most important thing I've learned about money is how to manage cash flow in a business. Um, I, I had no clue. No one ever taught me that. I had no clue for the first three, four, five years I, I was in business and I was winging it and I was constantly like fluctuating between I have no cash and I've got to find some quickly versus I've got plenty of cash in the bank and I can just piss it away and actually it was only probably 2014, 2015 when I really learned that a system for cash flow management and it was a game changer for me. Cool and I wasn't going to ask you this one but the answer to the last one means I'm going to now because you know, you run your own businesses. It's not all about business. Sometimes it's about having fun. Yeah. And I know one of your company values is all linked to having fun. So what's been your most extravagant purchase? <laughs> My most extravagant purchase ever? Yeah. Um, ah, uh, it's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I, I bought a car, like, and by the way, it would be an extravagant purchase now but I could justify it now. When I bought this car, which was like 2013, I honestly don't know what I was doing with hindsight. Like literally, I put all of my excess cash into buying a stupid expensive car. Um, that was my most extravagant purchase because A, it was a lot of money, but B, I really couldn't afford it at the time. I don't know what I was doing. I was being an idiot. Go on then, so what was the make and model? It was a Maserati, uh, I mean it's that long, I can't even remember what model it was. Um, but it was a Maserati uh, and it was like, uh, what was the model? It was, it was like top end suit, it was fucking fast. 
Um, and look, I was a young guy and probably a bit short on self-esteem and I wanted to show off. <laughs> That's, That's, That's fine. Thank you for your honesty. It's Maserati Gran Turismo MC Shift. Ooh. There you go. That's what it's called. Yeah. Boys and their cars, eh? Um, some girls well, are I, also I don't even have anything that extravagant now. And you know what? You've got a business. You are earning a fair value for what you deliver. So it'd be great if you did. I'd certainly want to go actually having a drive in it. I, did, I just don't feel the need to spend money on that kind of thing anymore. I have other things that I like to spend money on. Yeah, I guess that happens as you start to grow and, and yeah, at the end of the day, you're a lot older now, aren't you? You're not old, right, but another, you're a lot older. A lot older. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I'm still older than you, you are, so. <clears throat> anyway, to finish, there's always one question I ask. Mm-hmm. Um, our show is called Sweat, Grit or Hustle. So, which of those three words resonates with you the most and why? Um, sweat, grit, hustle. I'm going to say grit resonates most with me. And the reason grit resonates most is that I think without exception, whether you're starting, growing, scaling a business, things are going to go wrong. You're going to make mistakes. Um, There's gonna be haters, there's gonna be problems, challenges, issues along the way. And grit to me means that when those things happen, you can still remain resourceful and dig in and do what's necessary. And so, yeah, grit of the three, I suppose grit is the word that I resonate most with that I think I've probably demonstrated most of over my career. That is brilliant. Um, Nick James, founder of Expert Empires. Thank you so much for doing our first episode. There was loads of nuggets in there. It's been an honour to be on the first ever episode of this podcast, so thank you for inviting me. To keep up with what we're doing and what's coming on Sweat, Grit and Hustle, do visit us at www.sweatgrithustle.com. Thank you.